Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Leadership Podcast, the podcast where we talk to people who are good at what they do to inspire leaders to get better. Folks, my name is Jared Hogue, and I am joined with the one, the only, DJ Roman Johnson on the ones and twos today, folks. What up, everybody? It's great to be here. Uh, it, it is is truly, I feel truly blessed, truly blessed to be here today. Um, and that's right. I am a DJ. If you, if you ever, uh, maybe if you're getting married in uh, Hawaii or somewhere tropical and you, and you got some extra money to spend, just hit me up, fly me out. I'll DJ your wedding or, uh, you, Hey, maybe it's like a bar, bar, bar mitzvah, a bat mitzvah. <laughs> if you want me to come for that too, I can do that as well. You know, Roman, you have DJed probably nearly a couple hundred weddings, birthday parties, bat mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs, things of that at this nature, right? Kinsen. Always a DJ, never a bride. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure that's a saying at all. Um, <laughs> what? what? It is. It is funny. It is funny because I like. I know people don't like love to go to weddings, but I'm. Anytime any of my friends get married, I am never able to. And I love to dance. You know me. You do. I love to dance, but I always am behind the DJ booth, being the DJ, and I don't actually get to go out and like dance and enjoy the party with like friends. Uh, it's, I'm always a DJ, never the bride. That's, that's where that, I mean, it's, it's kind of tragic story to be honest. It's unfortunate that you want to be a bride. Like that doesn't, that doesn't (laughs) quick calculate in my brain parts. Metaphorical bride. I gotcha. But you know, one thing I have this theory about dance thresholds and that everyone has one and that Roman is one of those people along with one of our friends, Laura Bowman that has a very low dance threshold. Like Laura is the type that they're, she doesn't even have to hear music. She just starts dancing. Like there's yeah. always music playing in her head. And Roman, you're, you're pretty well, you're, you're, you're in that same category. Um, it takes very, very little uh, coercion to get me to dance. This is true. This is true. And so it is unfortunate that you're always behind uh, the DJ table as opposed to out on the floor getting things going. Uh, and I don't want to. I don't want to seem, uh, you know, uh, forward here. But I, I have some pretty good dance moves. I mean, I can, I can, I can cut a rug, as they say. It's true. I've seen you cut several. Actually, I've seen you <laughs> do backflips in dance circles. You break dance. Um, just all around, just a, just a fun guy, just an all around fun guy. <laughs> um, but hey, Roman, you know, I feel like we need to move on. Everybody's wondering about the weather right now. And I feel like we've got they to give are. a quick weather update before we get to our show today. <laughs> uh, Roman, this is episode 61. Episode 61. Um, we've got the one and only Daniel McKenna joining us today. And this episode, of course, is brought to you by creativesheep.org. You can head over to creativesheep.org for all of your pre-made and custom media needs. Uh, check it out over at creativesheep.org. Once again, folks, we'd love to help you out. Uh, but Roman, quick weather update here in the Northeast. I was telling you before the interview here or before the, this conversation that uh, over the past 48 hours, it snowed about 36 of those hours. And um, at the time of this recording, it is well into spring and it snowed for 36 hours straight. Quite ridiculous. And now today, sunny and 50. Doesn't make any sense. Wow. Doesn't make any sense. That, How, 
Thank you for that weather forecast update yeah, for Boston, yeah. Massachusetts. Uh, for in Tulsa, Oklahoma, it's we're sitting at about a, a cool sixty-five degrees. Uh, it's nice and breezy. A little bit of cloud cover in in this in the clouds in the sky, <laughs> and uh, it's a little bit rainy, a little bit overcast today. But it's uh, overall, I think it's going to be a really good uh, good day today in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It is going to be beautiful. But, and you know, hey Roman, my daughter just roamed into the studio here. Pepper, do you want to say sweet. hi? Do you want to say hi to Roman? She said no, she's not having it. But folks, you just that was my daughter Pepper who roamed into the studio today. Um, there's your weather update. Folks, we've got an incredible episode for you today. Like I said before, Daniel McKenna is joining us on the show. Uh, Daniel is uh, is someone I would call a friend uh, of both Roman and mine. We got to know him through the DJ world. I don't know what's going on in the background here. My daughter's just making all kinds of noise. <laughs> Just roll with it. All right, all right. Well, so uh, so yeah, we got to know Daniel through through a company Roman and I both worked for back in the day called DJ Connection. And, um, you know, it was a great company. And just seeing Daniel move on, he, is, he has moved on from just being a producer for the company to now he is actually part owner in three separate entities, three separate companies. Um, the dude is just crushing it. He's, he's, he's right around my age. I think he's 33, maybe 34. And he's just incredible. He, he hosts a YouTube show and a, a podcast called The Daily Hustle, which folks, if you haven't checked it out, I would highly recommend it. They, they give a lot of practical, very applicable information on the show. So make sure to swing over there and check that out. But one of the, 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 the main topic today, Roman, that Daniel and I covered was keeping your motivation up. How do you stay motivated? And we talk about like the mindset of motivation, but we also talk about like just some super practical, like do this and it can help increase motivation to push you to whatever it is that you're striving for. It's a really great conversation. And Roman, if you've got something else to add, I'm happy for you to jump in. Otherwise, we're going to jump to today's conversation with Daniel McKenna. Well, Daniel, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. I'm so pumped to have you here. Dude, I am super pumped to be here. I don't know, you know, what A-lister you had canceled that opened up a spot for me. I'm not sure who that was, but whoever that was, I'm glad they canceled because I'm glad to be here. <laughs> oh, come on, man. You are our first choice. for <laughs> Well, second. Okay, third choice. You are our third choice to be here today. I was today. on the list somewhere. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. Daniel, seriously, it's an absolute honor to, to have you here. It was many, many moons ago that you and I sat next to each other working uh, sales for DJ Connection uh, back in That's the day, right. which is where I first uh, started to get to know you. And uh, and uh, just the, uh, the ever since then, my respect for you has just just plummeted, just absolutely tanked. Uh, no, I can't. It started out really high, though. It started out really high, though. It, no, it has just continually gone up. I just have the utmost respect for you and what you're doing. And so... Um, I know what you're doing uh, because uh, I've, I've followed you through the years in a very creepy way. But not only that, but you were filling me in right before in our pre-interview uh, of some of the things yeah. that are going on with you. But I'd love for you to share um, with our audience just a, a little bit about, about about who you are, your backstory, how you got where you are, and what you're doing now. Yeah, man. Well, I, uh, I grew up in uh, Nashville, right outside of Nashville, moved to Tulsa when I was 14 or so, 13 or 14. And ended up going to ORU, Oral Roberts University, graduated from there. And uh, I never really knew what I wanted to do gr growing up besides either be, you know, a, a, you know, some sort of rock star or a professional athlete. Those were obviously the first two choices. But past that, 
once I realized I was not, you know, like six foot seven and that sort of thing, I was like, well, I better probably find a real job. Uh, I never, I never really knew what I wanted to do. I just had a whole lot of ambition and I knew I wanted to do something, um, that was exciting, something I enjoyed doing. So I, I got an advertising degree at ORU basically because I liked the creative stuff they did in the classes and because I was told it would give me a lot of options when I got out. And then when I got out, still didn't know what I wanted to do. <laughs> uh, I was coaching basketball the whole time. Um, I was mostly relying on Jared Hoag's jumper. Just that's what I used <laughs> as my fundamentals. That's what I taught the kids. I was like, you just watch this man. We, just, we did that a lot. If you're one of uh, Daniel's students out there listening, I'm sorry that you're <laughs> terrible at basketball because you learned how I do a jump shot. <laughs> Um, and then once, uh, once ba- one basketball season was ending, had to make some money before the next basketball season, you know, that transition right. point, you're working at a high, high school and stuff like that. And, uh, stumbled into, cause some of my buddies were DJing on the weekend, making some good money, having fun doing it, stumbled into that ended up taking on there full time. That's where I met you. And that's where it, uh, kind of all began. So you go to work at this DJ company, and uh, Clay Clark, yeah. who who owned the DJ company at that time, he's actually been on the show, and hopefully he'll come back at some point if we didn't scare him away. Um, <laughs> he uh, He's just a beast of an individual. And so you go to work for him at DJ Connection, and then really just over the past, has it been almost a decade now? I think it has. Oh yeah, my gosh. I think it has. That's crazy. So now let's let, let's run through that decade and what's what's going on now. So you took that job at the DJ company. You're not still DJing, as far as I know. You're you, you're doing a few other things Correct. right now. Correct. Yeah. So I think the uh, the combination of my ambition to do something and not knowing what I was doing made me a perfect fit for DJing. Um, I, I just, I got a spot. I had an opportunity there. I worked hard. I was able to move up because I was working hard. And then when the time came, we, uh, one of the things that, you know, the, the industry or people are asking you for event type stuff. And we kept getting requests for photographers and videographers and stuff like that. And you know, this, we tell the people, you know, use these people or use that, you know, use that caterer or whatever. Um, we were like, well, we should just do it ourselves. Like we should just do photos and videos ourselves and you know i had done some black and white photography classes and i done some small stuff but nothing legitimate we're like yeah let's do it so we started we started it back in uh i guess it was 2008 um epic photography and i was able to be one of the co-founders co-owners of that um fast forward to now i believe we're the the largest um photography con- uh, photography event uh, of its kind, event photography of its kind, um, in at least in our section of the country, um, a lot of other places will hire out contractors, type stuff, stuff like that. But all of our people are in house, and we'll do about 500 weddings a year. Wow. Um, we're expanding it into uh, Dallas and Kansas City, and we have plans to go to Denver and Indianapolis in the next few years. So um, that's been a lot of fun, a lot of growth there, and a lot of real business type stuff you know, that, that environment was such a upward, upward mobility type of environment. Um, and then from that, like you said, Clay, he was doing business consulting and stuff like that had won some entrepreneur of the year awards and people were all the time asking him to help their business. And we realized like we're running out of time. There's only so many hours in a day. So how can we scale this? And we decided to build thrive. So now Thrive15.com is a thing that we've been working on the past 
three or four years, and it's been basically building a platform for small business uh, people and small to medium-sized businesses to grow their business. Um, a lot of people, and you might you might see the same thing in, in some church organizations too, a lot of people, you just don't know what you don't know, and you're trying to wear so many hats at the same time, and you're trying to take care of your people, and you're trying to drive sales or, or, or growth or whatever it is your metrics are. And you don't know what you don't know, and, and so the, our whole goal was to make it easy for people when they had time, 15 minutes a day, to learn the principles from people like uh, Lee Cockrell, who I know you've had on your show before. We love Lee Cockrell. Mm-hmm. Um, David, David Robinson, the NBA Hall of Famer, who, by the way, has made much more money in, in his real estate fund than he has ever made playing basketball, like the dude's a beast. Wow. Um, Michael Levine, he was the the PR guy for Prince and Nike and Cameron Diaz. And so we've gotten to work with a lot of these people. Um, and it's been a lot of fun traveling all over the, the nation, shooting videos with them, getting to learn from their knowledge and then passing that on to uh, the people that we help. Yeah. So that's, that's what, I, that's what I do now. Yeah. This is there, there's, there's already so much right there. I'm going to, I'm going to take us off script a little bit, if that's okay with you, Daniel. Sure. Yeah, uh, so yeah, sure. folks, once again, that website, if you didn't catch it, it's thrive15.com, thrive15.com. You can go check this out. And we, we talk about this pretty openly here on the Leadership Sheep podcast that we believe that church and business really aren't that different. Um, done Business done right and, and church really aren't that different. Both of them are organizations. Both of them involve people. And if uh, if your primary focus remains to reach people, then then you're going to win. And, uh, but like Daniel said, you don't know what you don't know. And so I would encourage you go check it out. And Daniel, if I'm not mistaken, folks can get a month trial free. And I hope I'm not incorrect in saying that. Well, I think you are, you are way off, way off. It's, it's actually a dollar. Oh, it is a dollar. Oh, so you, far you, off. You, yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to pony up that dollar <laughs> to, to get access there. Yeah. Folks, if, yeah. <laughs> if you want to give it a shot and you, and you need a dollar, you, you hit me up, Jared at creativesheep.org, <laughs> and I will square cash you $1 uh, so that you can go do that. Uh, but that is going to be limited to like the first hundred people just so that we don't break the bank. But um, <laughs> uh, folks, go check it out. They talk about, Daniel, they talk about things like time management, marketing, uh, sales, which believe it or not, even in the church world, there is an element of sales to get people to come to your church, Absolutely. even though you're not selling a product. Uh, there's just so much you can learn. And you're going to learn, like Daniel was saying, not just from from people that are going to teach philosophy. Uh, as Clay always says, you're going to learn what you need to know to grow or start a business, or in this case, what you need to know or grow to start or grow a church. And so I'd encourage you to go check that out. And for a buck, you can try it out for a month. If you don't like it, uh, no problem. You can cancel it, but I highly encourage you to go check that out. Uh, but then Daniel, I also want to talk about for just a moment, you just said that you guys started Epic Photography. Who did the photos for my wedding, by the way, and did a phenomenal job? Um, oh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. absolutely. <laughs> you said that you guys started that company, did you say eight years ago? Is that right? Yeah, I think it was 2009 was when we when we started booking events. Yeah. Okay, so 2009, you started this company. You're you're uh, dominating the area of the country that you're in, looking to expand and will expand over the next couple of years, doing 500 weddings per year, which is just crazy. Yeah, that's right. 500 weddings per year. Um, I this is going to be a very open-ended question, and so feel free sure. to answer this how you will. How? 
how on earth, because that, to be honest, I mean, it's so crazy. I think that I think that was something that can be so easy for any young leader to do is, you know, we start something with these high hopes, these big ambitions. And then when it doesn't go as planned, we quit, we give up. But then, I mean, you look back, sure. eight years is not that long. That's not that long uh, uh, to be in business. And you're already expanding to the other these other areas, dominating your market, doing 500 weddings a year. How? Well, I, what's the, uh, I believe it's a, I think it's a Bill Gates question, Bill Gates, uh, quote that you probably wildly overestimate what you can do in one year and wildly underestimate what you can do in 10 years. Mm. Um, so it's been eight years and it's been a long time. And at the same time, it's been no time at all, that yeah. sort of thing, you know? Um, but I mean, man, honestly, same business type of tactics that would work with any type of business that would work with any type of church. You find out who it is that you're going after, you find out where those people's attention is at, how do you get the attention of those people, how do you get them inside the door to talk to you, and then once you get to talk to, to like talking to them, how do you provide more value than their other options, how do you make yourself such a wow that it doesn't make sense to use somebody else, and then you just keep doing it over and over and over and over and over and keep refining your scripts and your checklists and that sort of stuff, and you just book stuff, and you just keep booking and you keep booking, and then as you're booking it, then you realize, oh, no, we booked 10 things on this day and we only have six photographers. What are we going to do? Well, now it's like we got six months to come up with a training program for it. You know what I mean? So yeah. you, it's the same, same process as any other business. We just happen to be in the, that, that niche and, and uh, it's worked out for us so far. Yeah. Now, if I'm not mistaken, and I hope I don't botch this, but it, you guys subscribe yeah. pretty heavily to the Jack Welch philosophy and that it's 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 all about um, having uh, outstanding training, uh, uh, whatever what is it ridiculous checklists or something like that, and then relentless follow up. Is that is that kind of the, the three steps there? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the checklists are going to continue. It's a the checklists are like a breathing document, right? Like you're going to build it once. You're going to say this is how we're going to do it, and then as you start doing it, you're going to realize, well, we need to do this differently. And then as the year changes and something else changes, we're going to have to do this differently, but it's a guideline for how you're going to carry out your workflow so that you don't, don't forget stuff along the way. That's how you build consistency with what you're delivering in your product. Mm. And then relentless follow-up is just caring enough to follow up on making sure those things are done. Uh, one of the things we talked about on one of the recent podcasts that uh, myself and Marshall Morris do, um, talking about transferring the vision of the leader through the employees. So the whole concept was that the customer is actually second because you have to transfer your vision, your energy, your passion, how much you care down through your employees, or maybe if it's in a church setting, down through your volunteers to get to where the customers are. How do you get my, like your vision? How do you get that through people that are lower levels on the front lines of what's actually going on? How do you get your vision to them? And if you start about it that way, then you're like, well, crap, now it means I got to do this training differently. That means I gotta, you know, I've gotta communicate this vision. I've gotta over communicate everything I'm thinking, and you just start thinking about it differently. Mm. Man, that's good stuff. We're gonna have to have you back to to talk more about this already. I can tell this is a beautiful thing. And folks, if you're not seeing the correlation, let me just paint you a picture real quick. So rather than the owner or the leader's vision, uh, think of it as the senior pastor or whoever's leading a specific ministry. It's their vision. And maybe I'm breaking this down too simply. And if so, you can email me and tell me that I'm. 
I'm, I'm, I'm doing such. <laughs> um, but uh, so, so that would be the leader in this context. And then your employees, yeah, there's going to be staff at the church. And then like Daniel said, you're going to have volunteers. And then as far as the customer goes, this is your congregation, your members, the people that attend your church. Those are going to be your customers, so to speak, in this context. And so, uh, Daniel, uh, you, you mentioned the show that you and Marshall Morris host. It's called The Daily Hustle. Uh, it's called The Daily yes. Hustle. You can check that on YouTube. There's also a podcast, like he mentioned. And if you don't really want to uh, search on Google to find that, of course, we will have all of this linked in our show notes uh, over at creativesheep.org. You can check it out there. Uh, we'll have it all linked up for you. And so, Daniel, um, I know we've already spent about a, a third of our time talking about things that weren't even on the I script. Apologize. I, I apologize. Please I apologize. Please don't. You know, I'm passionate. And <laughs> Please don't. You're getting me fired up right now. You're getting me fired up in the studio right now. So let's keep this going. But today, our main topic of conversation, I actually stumbled across an episode you did about this and thought it was just fantastic and that we should share it with our audience, um, is keeping your motivation up. I believe it was actually one of your listeners wrote this question in and uh, you guys right. decided to answer it. It was actually a dude from Australia, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. asked this yeah, question. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. yeah. And so what, first off, that's just amazing that that a guy who says, I didn't even know what I wanted to do with my life is reaching someone on the literally the other side of the world in Australia. Super awesome, man. Um, so let's, let's just kind of dive into that. Um, you, I love sure. how you broke this whole thing down. Um, and I know for me personally, there's those days where like, man, I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. I've got my goals. I've got the goal board. I'm keeping it in front of me. I know I want to achieve something. And then like the next day, like the passion isn't there. Like it was the day before, like I'm not as fired up. And maybe I didn't check as many things off the list. Maybe I didn't check anything off the list that I was hoping to get done. Like, sure. I feel like there's got to be a way to manage our energy properly, to, to, to keep the motivation up, so to speak. Because I've heard somebody say in the past, motivation will get you around the block, but habits are what are going to take you around the globe. And so not Good. that we're necessarily going to tackle all of that, but I do specifically want to jump in on how do you keep your motivation up? Like, Anytime I'm around you, you're a super positive guy. Like you're always up. I've never been, never seen you down. I was even talking to you about this beforehand. That's one of the things I really respect about you. Like you're even keel all the time. So like, how do you do this? How do you keep motivation up? Well, uh, first of all, I would like to apologize to any of the, the, your church audience. And I keep referring to people as customers and, and business type terms, and maybe that's offended some people. So Please I don't. apologize. Please don't. If that, if that's the case. I, uh, my background is obviously from the, the business side uh, more than the, the church group side. So that's kind of how that's what I know. Um, I know that from the um, hundreds of business clients that we work with on a weekly basis and the thousands of people that are on the platform that we get emails from and that reach out to us and ask these sort of questions. The reason we answered that question on the show is because we had had, for whatever reason, in like a two-week time span, several of those type of questions. Um, and so that's sort of why we, we answered that. And yeah. not, to, not to say like it's and all of those people, because it's the same sort of thing that I've run into before as well, and perhaps you've run into before as well, where you get all excited about an idea, and you start working on the idea, and then, you know, maybe it's a weekend, maybe it's two weeks in, maybe it's six months in, now the idea doesn't seem like as fun anymore, and you're like, man, I don't know, maybe I'm doing this all wrong, maybe, and it's just, it's just really easy to get caught up with whatever's not new, 
Mm. Humans, I think, are wired to like really like new things. So new ideas are better than old ideas. And your mm. new workout routine is better than your old workout routine. And so you keep jumping from thing to thing to thing. Um, so that's, that's kind of what the whole basis of that, of that episode is about, was how do you keep your motivation when you have like, let's say your goal was to build a giant toothpaste company. I'm just making up toothpaste company. Sure. And you get going and, you're, and you realize, I don't really like toothpaste. What, you know, like, but this is, you already have this goal. You already have so much invested in it. And now you feel like you're stuck in it. Or maybe you're planning a church and you're pumped about it and you're super excited about it. And maybe the, the growth hasn't been there. Maybe the growth just isn't where it is yet. And now you're like questioning everything that you have. And you're questioning like, why am I doing this? I should be doing something else. And so the whole concept about it was how do you keep up your motivation when you're doing things that either A, you know you should be doing or B, that you're going to be doing. So let's, let's, you know, let's really get after it. Um, and so I'd like to take, I'd like to take the, the episode down for a second, if that's okay. I'd like to take it down. Yeah, let's do it. Because it just, 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 just kind of the bottom of the roller coaster here. Yeah. Um, the whole, con- the whole concept here of this motivation topic we were talking about was that for you to really internalize and really understand that you are going to die. That's heavy. And I purposely wanted to leave some room there um, because I, I, it, it only matters to me if it matters to your listeners. So if your listeners, if, if you're listening to this, like really internalize this for a second. You are going to die. And we just talked about 10 years ago when we were both working at, you know, DJ Connections. And it was 10 years ago, but how fast did that go? Right? Like, yeah. since then, you got married, you have two kids, like, and that was 10 years ago, and that was, like, almost no time at all. True story. And the, the thing that you hear from people as they get, you know, older in age, you know, maybe 50s, 60s, 70s, is, man, that went by real fast. Hmm. Right? Like, as we get more busy and more busy, things keep getting faster and keep speeding up. And all of a sudden you're like, I don't even know, you know, it's already, it's already March now. You know what I mean? Like I thought we were just doing the new year's resolutions. It's already March. And it just keeps speeding up that way. Right? Like the busier we get. So internalizing again, bringing it all the way down, you are going to die. This is a a finite time alive that we have here. That we like, we believe that there's something beyond this, but we don't necessarily exactly know what that looks like. So our time here is is a finite, short period of time. Like we're, I think it was um, Gary Vaynerchuk. You know Gary Vaynerchuk. I love Gary. I wouldn't recommend. I I wouldn't recommend listening to Gary Vaynerchuk with the kids in the house or that sort of thing. But (laughs) it's true. uh, (laughs) He said that I think his quote was something like, "You have won the lotto of life by being alive right now." Yep. So let's let's take it let's take it let's take it to the other side of it. Let's go let's go back up the hill here, a little bit more positive positive motivation here. Okay, you've already internalized you're going to die. I hope you've already internalized that. That's gonna happen. Here's the good part. You are currently alive. Now, why does that matter? Well, the likelihood of you being alive 
is astronomically slim. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it is insane. The, the numbers of like, if you were going to look at it from a statistical standpoint, the fact that you and I are alive right now is insane. But we're alive. Like we, we both woke up today. We both woke up. We had breath in our lungs. We got to go do something that we wanted to do today. We both got to maybe eat some food we like. Maybe we got to see the outdoors. Maybe we got to see our family. Maybe we got to watch a basketball game on TV, whatever. Like we're currently alive. Come on now. Keep preaching. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just dive into some, some, just in case it hasn't resonated, just in case it hasn't resonated. Uh, Cause as I looked further and further into this, it was like, I already sort of believed this, but as I looked further into this, it was more and more like, Oh my gosh, this is like legit. Um, do you mind if I go medical here? Do you mind if I go medical here? Please do. Please do. Slightly, slightly PG 13. Hey, okay. That's, that's cool. Um, hey, no, we're talking, we're talking biology here. I know where you're headed with this. Absolutely. We're talking go, for talking biology. go for it. Okay. Okay. We're talking biology here for the, for the, uh, the parents in the room. Um, Oakland university, the school up in Michigan. Um, they did a study that said that each time, again, we're going PG-13 here, each time a male has intercourse sex with a female, there's somewhere between 200 and 500 million sperm that are produced in, in, this, in this act. 200 to 500 million. Well, you were one of those, and I was one of those. And that's per time. So the fact that we're here at all is already like astronomically slim. That is, that's insane. That's insane. Cause we, it's literally back to what you said, Gary Vaynerchuk was saying is that you've won the lotto of life just by being born. Like it's so true. Whatever like, the odds exactly. are to actually win the lottery are way less than that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy. The chances of you being born, I had never heard it put this way. It is fascinating when it's put that way. The uh, New York University of Science uh, did a study that said that a male would produce 525 billion sperm cells during his lifetime, on average. That's insane. And I was one of those. You know what I mean? Like, that is, that is insane that I am here. That is absolutely crazy. And I'm, al- and, I am, and I'm alive, and I can do something that about it today. So, Daniel- And then if you want to go even further, yeah, go ahead. No, go no, ahead, go ahead. Keep going, keep going. I just want to I just want to wrap up this this point here real quick because I know I'm going too long on it. And I apologize. No, no, keep going. Um, not only are we like actually alive, but just the time period that we are alive in right now is also insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, um, I know like lot like it's something down to like live live births or um when babies die when they're born, right? It's something in the U.S. It's something like five or six per a thousand Wow. when about a hundred when about a hundred years ago it was a hundred out of a thousand oh my gosh that was only a hundred years ago that was like early 1900 like the world average of the world average of, of like age like median age in the world like obviously there's a lot of third world countries and stuff like that the world average for age in the 1800s median age was 31 that was in the 1800s. That wasn't that long ago. So you and I both would be dead at this point. We would be already like average age. We would already be like, man, 
I guess I'm beating the numbers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And now it's like up in like the, the 60s and 70s. And so the fact that we're alive right now and we have a lot more life to live, like that's incredible. That is incredible. Good grief. So this whole knowing that you're going to die and then realizing you are currently alive. Like what, why are we talking all this biology? Why are we talking about sperm? I mean, like what, <laughs> how do we just day to day? And, and, and I'll, I'll tell you this, that when you hearing you talk about that on your show, I can't tell you how many times since hearing that, that I'm walking through, I'm at work or whatever the case may be. And I might be a little bit frustrated. And then that thought rolls into my mind of you've won the lotto of life just by being born. And like it can, it, it's totally a, a, a mental change when you begin to think of that. Like I could be dead. I could be sick. Like things could be much, much worse than they are right now. And realizing that this mindset is huge. So I guess to kind of move on to the next point, do you have any closing thoughts on this little piece of it? The last, the last thing I would say about this part, man, and this is the part that, um, that it all really matters is once you realize that, once you kind of get that in your mind, and if you like actually like think about that, that there's such an amount of gratitude that comes from that, mm. right? Like there's such an amount of like, oh my gosh, like this, this whole life thing is awesome. Like I am so blessed to be here. I cannot believe I have a family that loves me. I cannot believe I can get in a motor vehicle and drive down the street where someone has made me some food for a few dollars. I can't believe that I can get on the, on the internet and look up and learn about almost anything at this day and age. Like this is amazing. Like you, there's such an amount of gratitude that, that you get. And I believe that it just changes how you think about things. Like no longer, even if you're not where you want to be in life, maybe financially, or maybe in what you're doing, maybe you're not hitting your goals or maybe you're not where you're at. It's no longer like, Oh man, life, life sucks. I can't believe this. This is, I'm in the worst place ever. If you take a look at it from the other way, you're like, I am currently alive. And yeah, I'm not necessarily where I want to be goal wise, but I am probably healthy enough to do something about it and chase those dreams. And even if I never get there, I got to be alive today. Like if, if that's the only thing you take away from this, that just changes, it changed my whole mindset. And I believe it would change a lot of people's mindsets too. There's no more re room for complaining because you get to be alive. Like, it's, uh, I don't know. I get, I get fired up about it. I apologize. No, please don't. Please don't. And it, it's so true. I, lo I love your point too, like that I can get in a motorized vehicle. And like right now in New England, it is freaking cold here. Like freaking cold. <laughs> I think I saw the temperature this morning was like 13 with a wind chill of negative four. It was so stinking cold walking out to my car this morning. But I'm getting in a car that generates its own heat so that I can stay warm. <laughs> Where if you think back right? to like Little House on the Prairie and Charles Ingalls, I don't know why that's my reference for this, but riding in an open, <laughs> open air, uh, uh, I don't even know what you call it, a wagon pulled by some horses. Like you could have been born back then where the internet wasn't a thing. Vehicles weren't a thing. Roads weren't a thing. <laughs> I mean, restaurants by and large weren't really a thing. I mean, it is a mind change. It is a game changer, especially a big shift in our mind. And Daniel, I will say this. So we're talking like, this is the part that gets you fired up, but let's like, yeah. let's cut all the crap. Let's, let's pull the, let's pull the curtain back a little bit here. 
Do you ever have days where you still get frustrated? You still want to complain? You still you still want to be down in the dumps? Do you ever run into days like that? Absolutely. So in those moments, what do you do? How do you how do you get out of that funk? How do you get back to the motivation side as opposed to allowing this cloud of of funk to just stay with you? How do you how do you how do you get above that and move beyond that? to stay in this mindset of motivation? Well, I think it goes back to um, talking about, you know, it's new things or what grabs our attention, right? And whatever we live around, whatever it is that we're typically in day-to-day, that becomes our normal. That becomes our, like, well, this is normal. So that's why, you know, depending on if you grew up in a nice neighborhood or you grew up in a poor neighborhood or wherever you grew up, like that was normal life to you. That shaped your view of life. Right. Right. And they were outside, they were outside circumstances. That's what happened to you. So that's how you reacted because of what you saw. So you can either let the things that are outside happen to you and react to them, which by the way, most often will lead to that sort of burnout sort of feeling that sort of not really high energy sort of feeling just because that's the way things are, right? Like you got a lot of work to do. You got a lot of responsibilities. Maybe you don't have as much energy as you used to. Maybe you're not getting to do all the things you want to do. And so there's all these outside factors that are weighing down on you and maybe all these stress and responsibilities. So it's up to you to not, to change your normal, to decide what your normal is. Mm. And so one of the things that we talked about on the, on the show was the physical things, the practical things that you can do to change your normal, right? Because the normal that's around you, most likely, unless you've got a good group of people you're with that are always instilling, you know, hope and courage and faith and those sort of things into you. And a lot of good church communities do have those sort of things. But unless you have those groups around you that can really get into you and kind of get under your skin and keep motivating you all the time, your normal has to be something that you need to do yourself. Like you need to change your normal. Mm. So a few, a few of those things are simple. They're simple things like number one, um, replacing the visual and audio type input that you choose to listen to. You choose to see if you watch a lot of reality TV that starts becoming your normal and drama starts becoming your normal. And if you're watching a lot of the news, which only reports on negative things because negative things get people attention and the news companies happen to be businesses. So they're going to report on a lot of negative things. Now you're going to start thinking in a negative way. So that's your normal. Like, I can't believe he did this. I can't believe the president said that. I can't believe that these anti-president people said that like, it's going to get you all riled up and that's going to be your mindset if you let that be your normal. So instead by, by actually deciding to only put positive things inside your brain to make that your new normal. Uh, David Schwartz, he's the author of magic of thinking big. I don't know if you've read that book. Um, he said the mind is what the mind is fed. Mm. So deciding what you're feeding your mind is going to change a lot about how you actually approach your everyday life. The other thing is going to be just changing your physical environment. Like if you get in a, in a lull, uh, I think this is a, this is a 
you know who uh, Tony Robbins and Tim Ferriss are? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, you're in the podcast world. You definitely know who Tim Ferriss is. He's, <laughs> he's the rock star of the podcast world. Right. Um, I remember listening to one of their podcasts talking about what do you do when you get in a lull? And they were talking about doing something radical with your body. So that's why for a lot of people hitting the gym gets them going, right? It gets their blood going, right? Like lifting or maybe running. It gets them in a physically different state of mind. Or you could do things like ice baths or really cold showers. Or, and it just kind of really like, it changes what's going on around you, right? Like all of a sudden you get this like large rush of cold water all over you, like freezing cold water all over you. And now like being stuck in traffic for the eighth time driving back from Boston out to your place where you live now, now you're not even thinking about that. And you're like, wow, like it just changes everything. And then it kind of resets everything. And now you get to choose what to think about. Yeah. This is, this is some fantastic stuff. This seriously, this is incredible. And I, I want to reference back to something you were saying just a moment ago. You were talking about if you're around people that are kind of pushing you in this direction of positivity and motivation, that that's great to be there. And uh, Stephen Furtick actually just did a message on this not too long ago. And hopefully we can no, uh, link to this in the show notes. I believe the message was called The Power of the Pull. And uh, he did this beautiful illustration with a bow and arrow. And I'm not going to go through the whole message, but you can go check it out. But essentially, he was saying that it's okay to have to be pushed every once in a while. But ultimately, what you want is to have that internal pull. You don't want something to have to push you all the time that's external. You want something that's pulling you internally to these things. And I love, Daniel, how you put that to basically create your own normal. you got to create a new normal to get there. I think that is fantastic. And then, and with that, controlling the inputs. Folks in the church world, we know this. The Bible talks about that whatever you feed the mind, we, we all know this. We've heard it for so long. Uh, but I think it's one of the things that's easy for us to glaze over because it's normal to us. And so I think we've got to begin to take a look at that in a new way and do what Daniel's talking about here and, and make sure we're really watching what it is that we're putting in because like Daniel quoted, that whatever the, the mind is, whatever it's fed. And so we've got to be very, very careful of that. Sorry, Daniel, I didn't mean to jump on my soapbox there, uh, but back to you, You're sir. good, man. You're good. I love it. You're good. <laughs> so uh, we need to replace our audio and visual inputs with positive inputs. Yeah. Uh, we need to change our physical environment, sometimes to an extreme measure. And then what, right. is, the, what is the third uh, thing, third move of practicality that we need to take here. I think anytime that you are going to be chasing something that is larger than just yourself. And that means to me, that means building an organization that means doing something bigger than what you currently have. That means a lot of work, a lot of sweat, maybe a lot of money, maybe a lot of prayer, like, you're going for something big, right? Like you're, if you're, I know Jared, you're an ambitious guy. I'm an ambitious guy. I think that's why we sort of clicked when we were there at DJ Connection. We're like, I, I like this guy. He's kind of got the same mindset as I. Like if you're going for something, if you want to do something big with your life, you have to detach yourself emotionally from short-term emotions. Mm. So what does that look like? Well, that means there's going to be a lot of, Especially if you're starting a business, I can tell you that there's going to be a lot of rejection along the way. 
How many how many cold call scripts do we call through before we got somebody on the phone that we wanted to talk to, right? Oh, like, yes. And how many best-selling books or movies were do we have examples of where they shopped it around and got told no, 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 no. And on like the 35th time, someone said yes, and that became a bestseller. Like you hear those stories all the time, right? Yeah. So you have to you have to know that if you're going to go for something big, something bigger than you, there's going to be a lot of rejection. There's going to be a lot of issues. There's going to be a lot more work than you think it's going to take for sure. <laughs> like for sure, it, whatever you think it's going to take, it's going to take more than that to actually get to your goal. And you have to be able to de- detach yourself from short-term rejection, short-term issues, and instead emotionally attach yourself long-term to your faith, your commitment to your family, your commitment to your goals. Like that's where your emotions are. So the next time you get hung up on or the next time, you know, something in the, in the church doesn't go right or the next time that maybe you had a product that went out and it failed and now someone's just over the moon upset at you and you know it's going to ruin your business because they're going to put a negative review about you online and now everybody's going to see that online review and it's the worst thing ever. You have to emotionally attach yourself to your long term, which is, okay, what are my goals? My goals are to do this big thing. Cool. I still have a ways to go. This thing isn't going to kill me today. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, I'd rather this not happen, but I'm not emotionally attached to this short-term thing. Emotionally, long-term, I'm attached to my faith, my family. What are my goals? Those are the things that I'm emotionally attached to. And if I still feel like I can do those things, if I can still feel like I get to participate in my faith. I still get to love my family. I still get to be alive again today to keep going, even if I failed today, but I get to keep going. And that's where my emotions are. It changes for you. Things aren't so bad. You get to move on. You get to keep fighting the next day. Man, that's some good stuff. Like you're saying, those, those, those short-term emotions, those, uh, cause in the church world, man, it's all about people. There, there's not, there, there are products that come into play, but I mean, you're in the people business and, and with that, you're going to piss people off and it's going to seem like a detriment, especially in the early days of getting, getting a church started or getting something up off the ground. It's inevitable that you're going to hurt somebody's feelings, that some, something's not going to go according to plan. Are you going to allow those emotions to hold you down, to keep you back and to get hung up on that, I believe is what Daniel's saying. or are you going to keep, stay long-term focused, stay focused on the goals, and, and keep moving forward? Because it's inevitable that things are going to happen. I mean, when we look at the story in the Bible of the wise and foolish builder, you see storms are going to come. Things are going to beat against your house. Are you going to let it crush you? Or are you going to continue to stand and stick too true to your faith and what you know to be true and what God is calling you to do and the vision that he's planted in your heart? Are you going to keep moving forward? Or are you going to allow these small things to totally knock you off course and send you spiraling, spiraling out of control? What are you going to do? Daniel, you are, you are preaching today. Um, I, I, I love, I absolutely love this conversation. Um, and before we jump to the next part of the conversation, do, is there anything you want to say to kind of wrap up uh, this, this aspect of keeping your motivation up, the mindset of it, as well as the practical side of it? Is there anything else you'd like to throw in there? Yeah, man, the last part, and this is the this is the most important part, I think, of this whole practical side of it, is 
you know, I don't think that I've ever heard of a story of, of anybody that's done anything big where they've had no rejection or loss or issue along the way. Like, I can't think of any story where a guy just took off. He had an idea, and he did that idea, and now he's done it. Like, I can't think of any – can you think of any stories like that? Not one. Are there any – can you think of anybody that's, like, had no problems along the way, and they still hit their dreams? Like, I, I, don't, I don't personally know any stories. Um, Napoleon Hill, I know you know Napoleon Hill, said every adversity, every failure, every heartache carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. Mm. so you got to know that like that's coming like it's coming and that's going to help you learn and actually get better because without those things without that adversity you wouldn't need to get better you would never get there but what matters in all this knowing this is going to happen knowing you're going to face rejection knowing there's going to be pain there's going to be failure knowing these things your daily routine it must it must include something that builds you so that's whether that's listening to podcasts or motivating music or inspiring films or reading something that makes your brain work. There has to be something in your daily routine, even if it's 10 minutes, even if it's 10 minutes a day that builds you. And that's like a non-negotiable. Like that's like this part, this one thing, this is what has to happen today. I need to listen to a podcast or I need to listen to some music that gets me going or I need to listen to a TD Jake sermon, or I need to listen to just something that's going to continue building me because that's what it is that gives me that, that motivation. That's what it is that gives me that heart to go into the day optimistically. Mm. Man, this is some good stuff. I don't want to end the conversation, but we've got to get to this next question before we get, before we go. So one thing we've loved asking lately uh, with anybody coming on the show uh, and it's simply because, it, like you said, no one has achieved anything great without some opposition, without some failures, without some mistakes and mishaps. And we want to make sure that we're painting an appropriate picture here. We're not just talking about all the good stuff, but also to show that, that mistakes happen, that, that failures do happen. And so my question for you is, what is a mistake or a mishap you've had in your career, in your family, in, in some aspect of your life that, is, that, that you've experienced? And then how did you overcome or recover from said mistake? Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that, that we do on the, the Thrive 15 platform, like it is not necessarily this like motivational type talk. This is like a little bit outside of my realm, but it's obviously something I'm a little bit passionate about. So I apologize if I got carried away at all there. Um, for me, the non-negotiable thing that I brought up, I brought that up because I realized from personal experience that's a non-negotiable because I got out of the habit of doing that. I got out of the habit of having that, that rock in my day of doing something that was going to build me. Mm. So then I, w without, that, without that rock in my day, over time, even though I, I'm an optimistic person, I'm a hard worker, I think the best of people most of the time, I feel good about the future. I feel good about, you know, what I'm going to do in the future, all those things. Eventually, over time, over weeks and over months of not doing these sort of things, of like not building yourself up daily, you get back in the funk. Hmm. You get stuck in the funk. Like, like to, for me, it was almost like a depressed sort, like literally depressed sort of feeling. 
and nothing had really changed. Nothing had really changed. Like I was still doing the same things I was doing before. I was still working in the same businesses. They weren't taking off at like, and all of a sudden, like I really cared about why is this not happening faster? And why are these relationships not working? And why, you know, why did my, this friendship go this weird way? And why did my, you know, maybe it was a, a relationship with a sibling or something like that. That was just all of a sudden weird. And, and I didn't know what, like, I didn't know why I was just, just all of a sudden, like everything felt negative. Everything felt like I was like in that funk. And I'm not lying at all. When I say like, I felt depressed, like for probably, uh, probably two weeks. There's probably a two week time span. Um, let's see, I'm bad at concept of time. It was sometime back in 2016. I think it might have been the summer of 2016 where, you know, we're having the success with the Epic company where the Thrive 15 company is growing. We're, we're in like 40 different countries. I should be feeling good about life. But all of a sudden, you know, growth kind of stalls a little bit. And the photo company, maybe, I don't even remember what happened specifically, but something happened negative and all of a sudden I find myself in this place where I'm just like, man, I just don't, I don't want to do any of this anymore. Like, I don't know. I don't have anything. I don't have anything else. I don't have anything else I want to do necessarily. I just don't want to do this. And I don't really want to be around these people. And I don't really know why I feel negative all the time now. And it was super weird for me because I'm a very like optimistic person. Right. I'm a very like positive person. And all of a sudden I was in this weird place where I was just like, all of this just sucks. Like, I don't know what's going on. And it took me about two weeks to realize, wow, I have not done any of that type of stuff like in a long time. And I think it might've even happened accidentally. I might've been like mowing the yard or whatever. And out of habit, I put on a podcast or something, or I was listening to audiobook or something. And I got that spark again. And all of a sudden I was like, wow, I have been missing that. I have not seen that in a while. Like where did, and then I realized I had gotten out of that habit. I'd gotten busy. Right. And even though I'm saying it's, you know, I'm, I'm literally saying it's only 15 minutes a day and I still, I get busy and I don't do those 15 minutes a day. So whatever your priorities are, whatever it is that like matters to you, whether that's, you know, reading the Bible or praying or listening to a podcast or reading a business book or getting better at something, whatever your priorities are, spending time with that, that relationship that matters to you. I got out of those things just because I got busy, not because I like consciously made the decision. I don't care about those things anymore. But I got busy, got out of that habit, and I eventually, over time, and I don't even remember how long it was, it got me back to that like weird, super weird, depressed sort of feeling where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I'm questioning everything. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It was, it, was, it was insane. And then I realized that's what I was missing. I got back in that habit. I got back in that habit of daily building myself up. Nothing really changed around me. It wasn't like all of a sudden I was in a new office or a new city or anything, but my attitude was completely different. My attitude was very optimistic all of a sudden again. I all of a sudden started having ideas again of how we could grow certain parts of the business, how we could do our customer service different, how our workflows could change in a positive way. Did you hear what this customer said about something? Like 
all of a sudden just doing that on a daily basis, my mind was going again and I was happy to be there. Wow. Man, that is so good. I appreciate you being so transparent and sharing so openly with us. And I also love how you touched on like whatever it is that works for you, like whatever that thing is that gets your mojo going, like find that and do that. Uh, I heard Craig Rochelle and Andy Stanley talking at Catalyst one day last year about that very thing that like, it's not all the same. Rick Warren talks about it in Purpose Driven Life, that people connect differently to different, it's all about like how you're wired. And so you got to figure that out and, and do that. And like Daniel's saying, we got to make time for that on the daily. And Daniel, my apologies for making you apologize twice on this episode. You don't need to apologize for anything. (laughs) This episode, this interview was amazing. Folks, you need to check out thrive15.com. Again, that's thrive15.com. You need to check out the daily hustle. Of course, we'll have all this linked in the show notes over at creativesheep.org. And Daniel, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, what is the best way to go about that? Man, I have never um, attempted while, you know, while I was doing other things in business. I've never tried to build any sort of following or anything like that. But if anybody listening to this wants to give me a shout on Twitter, I would sincerely love that on Twitter <laughs> or an email. You can uh, Daniel J. McKenna on Twitter or D. McKenna at thrive15.com email. Uh, not even from like a, if you have a question, just a conversational sort of thing. Like I would love to hear what people thought of the whole thing. If they thought I was out of my mind or if something resonated with them, I would, I would just think that was the coolest thing in the world. You bet, man. Folks hit him up, send him some love. Uh, we'll have again, all this linked in the show notes. If you didn't get that jotted down, if you're driving or mowing the lawn or something, uh, we'll get all that link. Daniel cannot thank you enough for coming on the show today. Jared, thanks so much again, man. Appreciate you putting up with my ranting and whoever canceled for this spot to open up for me. I thank you for them too. <laughs> All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Jared. Thanks so much for listening to the Leadership Podcast today. We are so happy to have you every single week when we release new episodes every single Monday. So be sure to subscribe and check back. Also, if you got a lot out of this, feel free to share this maybe on iTunes uh, or on uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can find it on iTunes and Stitcher and anywhere else that we're, where you can listen to podcasts. Um, and if you'd like to connect with us, you can also find us online at creative underscore sheep. We would love to talk to you. We will see you all next week. Peace out. Farewell.